0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: I'm Patrick Gottman. Uh, I'm in Havana right now where I'm based as uh, CNN's international correspondent and Havana bureau chief.
3: Okay, and Patrick, we've had a lot of trouble connecting with you this morning. I don't often connect with people in Havana. So so tell me, is this always how hard it is? Or is this because of these protests that are going on in Cuba this week?
2: You know, I arrived nine years ago. when We were in the internet uh, wilderness then. And, um, you know, I'd go to my office and that was the only place I had any kind of email or anything like that. And the internet growth has really been one of the major stories here over the years. And... After uh, after the Obama opening, they opened up the Internet here in the last couple of years. Everyone is online all the time. I always say it's kind of sad because everyone's looking at their phone now, and they, they didn't before, but that's, you know, it's progress, fine. And uh, since uh, Sunday night, um, we've gone back to the to the dark ages. The Cuban government, they just took down the Internet, which made it very hard for us to report. Uh, and now they're kind of selectively making it impossible to access certain apps, but but the goal, of course, is uh, to try to keep further protests from taking place.
3: Okay, well, I'm glad this is working now. So let's let's just talk about these protests while we have you. How did these protests in Cuba get started
2: this week? So uh, it was on uh, Sunday. It uh, was not something that had been called for, and it was not something led by. The island's opposition movement, which is which is you know not had a big impact o- o- over the years in terms of getting out out pe- people on a, on a large scale like we saw. What happened was in a small city, large town, uh, about forty five minutes from Havana, called San Antonio de los Baños, People there were very upset because for six days they've been having power outages every day with the call apagones here, and it's probably cubans least favorite part of the economic crisis they're they're living it's the power goes out it's the summertime in cuba it's stifling hot you go outside in the night to sleep and you get eaten by mosquitoes so a lot of people in that town hundreds of people at a certain point just walk out of their doors and started uh, calling on really the local government to do something about it and, and this is not unprecedented in cuba but usually when you have when this happens uh, you would hear about a couple days later it would be an urban legend oh did you hear this town they they got really upset this time it was live streamed uh, and what happened unlike in the past where word would slowly spread about one town where they'd had enough is that other towns and other cities and neighborhoods where they were sick of the current situation and, and problems that everyone here is facing well they said we're going to do the same thing uh, and they took to the streets and I'm watching all of this unfold and it was just like a domino effect. I went to uh, the ones here in Havana uh, and I'd never seen anything like it. It, it was really something um I've never witnessed in nine years of living in Cuba, and something I, I frankly never thought I would see. Has anything like this ever happened
3: since the Cuban Revolution in the 1950s?
2: No, there have been protests. there, there is a, a a group of activists in opposition who try to call for protests, and and they usually fail uh, because the government is very good at knowing who's going to go out and protest and stopping them from leaving their their homes. Um, previous times, you know, when there's going to be a small protest, they will take down the, the internet in a part of, of the city where that's going to take place. There's never been a protest where thousands of people, mostly regular people, um, have decided to go out and call for a change. And it says a lot about um, what's what's different now in terms of uh, technology and, and people being connected to the outside world. It also says a lot about how terrible the situation has gotten for, for many Cubans uh, just in the last c- couple of years. for me to see cubans in front of police saying patria vida which is the, the the new kind of anthem for the for change uh which means fatherland and life unlike fatherland or death which was when of fidel castro's uh sayings the end of those speeches by saying that uh, to, to have people saying i want the president out i've never seen people uh, do that here as openly uh, and as fearlessly as, as, as they've done over the last several days. And there's like a, a, a song too, right, that goes with it? Yeah, so th- this is done by a number of artists uh, uh, including a group called Gente de la Zona which is like well, it's like the, the the most popular Cuban group here. They really galvanized people here. It talks about the failings of the revolution, talks about the frustrations of people, and um, this song, you know, uh, you get in trouble for playing it too loudly here. You get in trouble if you say Patria and uh, it's been one of the things that led up to this. Tell me how the government's responding. Uh, the, the government's cracked down very, very hard. That, that, that is the main response. They've not just cut the Internet, but they've gone looking for people uh, who were involved in the protest to, to arrest them. And, and some people have been very badly hurt. We know one person has been killed. Uh, there may be more. You know, the president on Sunday night said he was giving the order to combat the supporters of the revolution
0: en y habrá una y por eso aquí so
2: you had police in, in right here which we've never really seen here before they've sent out special forces and they've sent out people who are just what they call rapid response brigades which are just a, a group of very hardline government supporters together, very revolutionary Cubans, and they give them some bats and they send them in the street to break up the protests in a, in a pretty ugly way. Uh, and so that is one of the ways they've taken back control now. And I think protests have been pretty much extinguished at this point. Does that mean that whatever was happening in Cuba this week is now over? No, because the underlying conditions are still there. Uh, the, the president of Cuba came out on Wednesday night and made one small concession, which is people coming to the island now will not have to pay taxes on food and medicines and other items they bring for their families or for themselves. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, a, a pretty a pretty hated measure here that the government has had had for years. Uh, that's a concession. Is it enough? No, it, it, it's not enough. And that's not going to put the 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 outrage back in the bottle. But clearly, the government is, is, is looking at what do we need to do to lower the temperature? People are much angrier than we realize. And what do we do to try to get some of that anger dissipated? I'm not sure what it is they can do because the government is broke. And, and a lot of it has been caused by the pandemic. The, the, the way this island has been really, really hard hit by the pandemic. There's no tourism, which is one of the big income generators. And as well, you, know, you the Trump administration put in some of the toughest sanctions uh, in decades. And, and those sanctions have been left in place so far by the Biden administration. So they've absolutely had an impact. And then last but not, not least is, is just the fact that the government has not wanted to open up, has not wanted to let people grow their businesses, has not wanted to let farmers really cultivate their land, grow enough food for the island. People here are very frustrated with the slow pace of reforms, a lot of people who um, I know have been here for for years, came back from living abroad, thought there was a moment where they could help their country uh, become a different place. Now they want to leave. They're, they're they're throwing in the towel. They don't think there's a future here for them anymore. I think a lot
3: of people see these protests and they want to think, oh, communism's on the brink of failing in Cuba. But you're telling us that the the protests are now over people are mad at the government because of their own economic hardship. Does this mean something for for communism in Cuba, or is this just sort of an airing of grievances in a particular moment?
2: Uh, I, I think it's something that's, that's historic, that we've never seen here before, that kind of damages the facade the government presented, that they're all-knowing, they've never had protests, there's no police brutality in Cuba, and I think people have seen that they can do it, and and perhaps they could do it again you know we've seen in other countries that that kind of cracking down on people uh doesn't make those problems go away it usually just makes things more bitter uh and more violent but what it perhaps could do is is cause the government here to speed up reforms and open up more which is something they've resisted doing for a long time and and maybe finally get the biden administration engaged with uh, but um the idea that this is kind of a you know, an Arab spring in Cuba or a moment where, you know, people are going to take to the streets and force the government out. We're not there. Um, This is a government that the reality is they're still going around rounding people up by the hundreds, I think it's safe to say. Uh, And there'll probably be people who go to jail for for some time just for being involved in a protest, maybe just for filming a protest, uh, for supporting a protest. You know, the government, um, they're doing what they can to squash it so just that people don't realize is, is just how tough it is to be uh, cuban you go to the market at 5 am when the market opens up at 10 am to wait in line you get inside and there's nothing to buy um you know there are what's up groups now about where you can find eggs or cooking oil to travel around the island when there's a shortage of gasoline um virtually impossible And uh, the Trump administration cut off remittances, so people are unable to get money from relatives now. And uh, it is incredibly frustrating for people. And then you add on top of that, you know, electricity shortages, uh, a government that charges you a ton of money to get a a passport or uh, to get um, some papers. Uh, And people really have a bitter taste in, in their mouth now. But it's also important to point out that there's no leadership behind this movement as of yet. Uh, this is something that is very organic that happened independent of, of kind of the, the people who are the regular opposition here. But what it's shown the government to the world is that there are thousands of people, perhaps ten thousands, that want to change, uh, that do not accept the government's excuses that it's all about the U.S. and it's the U.S. Uh, they're blaming their government. And that's something we've never seen here before.
3: You can upgrade your wardrobe this spring by going to quince.com slash explain for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash explained to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash explained. It rhymes with
1: since. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card.
3: You know about the Cuban Revolution. You've seen the Che Guevara t-shirts. You've heard about Kennedy and the Bay of Pigs. But we reached out to Lillian Guerra at the University of Florida to understand what the Cuban people wanted out of it
0: people were expecting a more egalitarian society. They were not expecting communism. And it took a long time for Cubans, even the majority had supported the changes and were unconditional in their support for the government to really recognize what that meant. And what we had from 1961 to 1991 was um, a revolutionary regime that gave people a certain degree of of social safety net and basic needs were met. Um, They got free healthcare, they got free education. But in return, total loyalty was expected. There were all kinds of mechanisms by which people's loyalty was policed. And a lot of the benefits of socialism were only there because the Soviets provided about $4.4 billion a year in aid directly to Cuba between 1972 and 1988. 1991 to the present is a completely different story.
3: Tell me that story.
0: So in 1991, the Soviet Union pretty much collapsed. And so as a result, Cuba lost entirely its trading partner. It had nobody to sell its sugar to. Its money was worthless. And the Communist Party um, took radical steps, which um, were shocked shock to everybody, whereby they reversed their position that they had held for 30 years in which you know foreign investors and foreign investment and capitalism itself were demonized um, by the regime and they simply adopted those things. Um, so the government became the main joint partner in working with foreign investors to create tourism to create the infrastructure for tourism, to, you know, in some cases, rebuild hotels or entirely create new facilities. They also allowed for self-employment for the first time since 1968. That was something scrapped at the end of the 60s. That reform in particular came with a lot of restrictions. Um, The government to this day has disabled the ability of entrepreneurs to really expand their businesses precisely because they were very good at it. Cuban citizens showed that with their little restaurants and their bed and breakfast, they could outcompete any government-owned facility um, with tourism. And, and that meant that the state saw them as an enemy. That has created extraordinary degrees of tension because, in you know, coupled with the, the rise of the entrepreneurial class, you had a lot of people who suddenly, the majority of Cubans, who suddenly had access to information from the outside world.
1: Seeing a Cuban speaking on his cell phone is still an unusual sight in the streets of La Habana. Two months ago, Cubans were allowed for the very first time to own a cell phone.
0: Shortly after that, it became legal for Cubans to have internet access in their homes. And then Obama's administration negotiated the right of Cubans to have free Wi-Fi provided to them by the government in the plazas and parks of Cuba it was part of the negotiations for normalizing relations.
1: Under President Castro, Cuba's set a goal of bringing Cubans online and we want to help.
0: So all of that has meant that Cubans have had an increasing desire and thirst for greater freedom.
3: The U.S.-Cuba relationship is obviously of, of huge significance here, but, but specifically The U.S. embargo on Cuba. Could you explain how it works?
0: Yes. So it was very different. Um, in the 60s and 70s and 80s than it was in the 90s, and that was because the United States was able to exercise dominion over Latin American countries. Latin American countries really went along with it, so there was something of a unilateral trade embargo against Cuba. Um, Fidel Castro claimed um, that by the 1980s that the embargo did not affect Cuba at all because they were completely united to the trading bloc of the Soviet Union after 1972.
1: The idea that we, have any needs to trade with the United States should be totally eradicated.
2: Everything we have done
1: for the during these 26 years. We have done it without trade with the United States. And our future has been conceived without trade with the United States. The embargo only rose in
0: importance in the discourse of, of the political leadership in the 90s, which is rather ironic, because that's when most Latin American countries were free of the right-wing governments or dictatorships one by one, you know, in the late 80s and the early 90s, as these countries democratized themselves, they became trading partners for Cuba. All of the European countries in the 90s, when the Communist Party opened um, their economy to, to foreign investment, were there, you know, from the Dutch to the Canadians. I mean, the Canadians aren't European, but certainly, you know, everybody was there except the American American companies. And, and they're still there, you know, the Brazilian companies, you name it. So... Cuba has a lot of partners. Um, It's just that the state controls that trade. And no small time, you know, individual Cuban or association of Cubans is allowed um, to engage in that kind of activity themselves. Uh, They're not even allowed to get. Uh, loans from banks. Um, And that's not anything to do with the U.S. government. That's a Communist Party rule. I think that the phrase internal embargo, which is always used in Cuba as a a way to refute the government's official narrative, you know, el embargo interno, el bloqueo interno, the internal blockade, um, that's very relevant because it is part of the daily, everyday popular culture and discourse um, with which Cubans fight the regime's um, version of reality.
3: Do you think supporting the Cuban people means supporting the end of communism in Cuba? Or do you think the Cuban people would hold on to some of the concepts and sort of foundations of communist Cuba?
0: Well, I think that supporting them means letting them speak for themselves. And there is a diversity of voices that has not been allowed to be heard. If we just stepped out of the way and um, and allow this to take um, form, whatever form it takes. Cubans will will find their leaders. They have right now, you know, millions of people in Cuba who are highly educated and who are under the age of thirty five. It's a third of the population, um, and they themselves are the faces that we're seeing on the streets. The debates that are happening in the household and that are now on the streets are a very healthy thing. And it has been illegal to debate. I mean, not even does the National Assembly debate anything, except perhaps behind closed doors. You know, Cuban Cuban citizens are not even privy to any debate that takes place in the Council of State. You know, so they, that they are having this debate. You know, um, on the streets, I think, just among themselves. I'm not talking about the repressors and the security forces. The debate among the Cubans, you know, what is it we're going to say? To which protests are we going to go? I mean, that is extraordinary. And, and they need to be able to do this for themselves.
3: And where do you think that debate leads? Does it lead to some sort of capitalist Cuba? Or, or does, it, does it lead to a freer sort of socialist Cuba? Do we have any idea?
0: Oh, I think we do. Uh, Cubans have, you know, at every turn, wanted to take advantage of the capitalist economy in Cuba. Cubans are extremely entrepreneurial, and there are a lot of them that have made some great wealth out of the opportunity to sell their creativity. That includes artists, musicians, writers. I think that they would like to see a reinvestment. In the infrastructure of society, they want to see this, the, the, the fantasy of, of a good public health system actually become a reality because hospitals are a nightmare. The public health system is a nightmare. Cubans have had to rely on their relatives to send things like antibiotics. And that wasn't yesterday. That's been for the last 25 years. That's been the case and longer up to 30 years, depending on where you live. So the situation is that the story of socialism. It was beautiful until 1991. And, 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 and after that, it has been a myth, a, a complete myth a, or a fantasy that, that people who live there or who have visited repeatedly and stayed there. You know, we know what the reality of this is. So this is why Cubans are expressing this kind of collective outrage, because they are very aware in ways that we are not of how the reality of the state is more a story, a set of lies, than it is a truth.
3: Lillian Guerra is a professor of Cuban and Caribbean history at the University of Florida. I'm Sean ramos This is Today Explained.